listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe, with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Well, they've had their bye week. Now the Arizona State Sun Devils are ready to get back to work, hoping that their final football game in the month of October will set the stage for a November to remember. This Saturday, Arizona State will celebrate its annual homecoming with the Sun Devils hosting the Washington State Cougars in a game that will be played, dare I say, in broad daylight, kicking off at 12.20 p.m. We invite you to join us for the next hour as we talk ASU football here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil football. With me, as always, fourth-year Arizona State head football coach, Herm Edwards, and together Herm and I welcome you to our show this evening. Coach, great to see you. I trust the bye week was a productive one for you, your players, and coaches. It really was. It was needed. Um, I think we um, corrected a lot of things, and moving forward now we have five-game season. It's coming down the stretch, that's for sure. As Tonight's show comes your way from the Lodge, Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. Come on down, enjoy great food, tasty beverages, listen in on some terrific Sun Devil football talk, and you can see the Cardinal game on the screens, the many TV screens there at halftime. The Packers with a 10-7 lead over the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Now, our last show two weeks ago, we featured the big fellas in the Arizona State defensive line. Tonight, the spotlight will shine on their counterparts on the other side of the line of scrimmage. As the late Keith Jackson used to call them, the big uglies in the offensive line will be front and center on tonight's show as our player guests will be Arizona State right guard Henry Haddis and right tackle Ben Scott. And you'll also meet the gentleman who coaches them, first-year Sun Devil offensive line coach Mike Cavanaugh. This being a football-centric program, we are formatted just like a game in quarters. So off we go with the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. As we again say hello to head coach Herm Edwards. And Herm, despite the fact that your team didn't have a game last week, you guys had a pretty darn productive Saturday because every other team in the Pac-12 South got beat last Saturday. Yeah, that is a true statement. And um, it seems to be that's Pac-12 football. Anything, any time you think you've figured it out, can't figure it out, right? Every week something happens, and, and we said that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 football is very comp, uh, competitive regardless of what conference you're in, whether you're in the south or the north, and, and things happen, and we sit in the same spot we sat in uh, before the bye. <laughs> Indeed. As a result of what happened last Saturday, Arizona State now at 5-2 and two has the best overall record in the south division, a 3-1 and one conference record that ties ASU with Utah for first place in the division, although the Utes still own that tiebreaker. But the moral of our story, Herm, is that you have five games left to play and all your team's goals are right out there in front of you, aren't they? They are. And I think if you're in that conference, whether you're in the south or the north, um, a lot of coaches are saying the same thing. If you have a, you know two or three wins, that anything can happen. Uh, now it, it's, it's the season is shrunken down to five games, and, and they're all very important, and they'll, all, all of these games will be very competitive. And I'll bet one of the teams that's saying that are the Washington State Cougars, uh, a team that had a three-game Pac-12 win streak snapped last week 
in a 21-19 loss at home to BYU. Of course, it was the Cougars' first game since the firing of head coach Nick Rolovich and four of his assistants for their refusal to comply with the state of Washington's COVID-19 vaccination mandate for state employees. And Herm, what a tumultuous week that must have been for their program. Yeah, very tough, but I, I thought the uh, the leadership of that team, uh, the players really came together and um, got behind the coaches that were going to replace those guys, and they got some more guys in and, and, and did a fabulous job of playing football. They really did, and, and this is a good football team. As you mentioned, they're 4-4, four and four. They're, they're 3-2 and two in their conference, and they're mm-hmm. saying the same thing. Hey, look, you know, we, we got a shot at this, and I think what, what a lot of these guys are realizing is that if you win six games, you're bowl eligible all of a sudden. And then some of these teams are, are fighting for that as well. Yeah. And even beyond that, a few more wins past that. And Washington State's figuring if things break our way, maybe we can move up in the Pac-12 North Division stand. That's exactly right. Their ha- acting head coach, Jake Dickert, their defensive coordinator, I thought did a tremendous job uh, navigating the program through a tumultuous week. And now that they've gone through a game, i got to believe you're going to get their best shot on Saturday when they come here. I think so, and, and, but I think that, that's the way it's going to be the next five weeks, um, regardless of who we play. They're all uh, you know, games that, that are in the conference, whether in the north or the south, and, and they're all meaningful games to everyone that's in, in, in a situation where they feel like you can become bowl eligible or you still have a chance to win your conference. So that, that's, that, that's my look at it you know, going forward. Mm-hmm. I would think the bye week on some levels came at a good time for your team, but on the other hand, I would think those kids have got to be itching at the bit to get back on the field after uh, that disappointing loss at Utah right before the bye. Yeah, and, and I think they realized that um, we played a bad half. Let's, let's make no mistake. It was a bad half. Not a bad game. Bad half. Mm-hmm. And we played it at the wrong time. We, we didn't have any more time. <laughs> yeah. Clock ran out of us, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, that's how we kind of approached it, and the fact that um, – you got to put two halves together, and we didn't do that. And now we sit in a position where we get to play again, and, and it's and I keep telling them it's a five-game season, and they got to go do it now. Yeah. We have enough guys on this team that have played a lot of games in the Pac-12. I mean, a lot of guys, and they understand the seat they sit in. And if you win, you control your own destiny. If you don't, then you wait for other people, like we did on the bye, to lose right, right. <laughs> to help you out. Well, we don't want any help. We need to do it ourselves. Now, that game was, of course, 21-7 in your favor after a very solid first half. Watching the second half, I I use the analogy in my own mind. It's almost like that snowball that's rolling downfield. The the Utes had won the toss, elected to defer, so they get the second half kickoff. Four and a half minutes drive, 75 yards for a touchdown, and you can just see that snowball starting to start roll down that hill and get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's called momentum. <laughs> That's exactly and you have to stop called. it. You have to find a way to stop it. You're on either side of the ball, you can make a stop on defense, take the ball away, uh, score some points on offense, do something. And that never took place. And then they got going, and it just kept going and kept going. And it happened on both sides of the ball. And um, uh, hopefully it's a learning experience for us. Uh, it's a shame it happened. I know one thing. We're not very good in the state of Utah <laughs> as a football team. 0-2 <laughs> there. 0-2. And undefeated in the rest of the continental yeah, United States so far. That. There for yeah. sure. How much do you think emotion, the emotion Utah was feeling, uh, played a part in that second-half comeback of theirs? Of course, they had lost their uh, player, Aaron Lowe. His funeral was earlier in the week before your game up there. And the second tragedy that program has endured in the last 10 months. 
I, I, that that played into it. Um, but but I also think that um, you know they just outplayed us in the second half. You got to give them credit. You know they're they're a good football team. They they were one of the teams picked to win our conference as well. Mm-hmm. You know they they were picked. I mean, and the coaches did a nice job up there with those guys, and that momentum got rolling, and it was it was it was hard to watch because we could never. We couldn't respond on each side of the ball. I thought, you know, the one field goal attempt we made, if you just put some points or something on the board, right. you feel like, okay, we're okay. But that didn't happen. No. And uh, it's got to be frustrating being on the sideline and watching that happen and just not being able to figure out a way to stop that doggone snowball. Well, if you've been in enough of them, and I have in my lifetime, I've seen a lot of games. And sometimes it works on the other side of it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think sometimes we forget that we've been in some games like that, too, where all of a sudden the momentum, we got it, and we kept going. And it, it, if you do this long enough, it happens, and you got to look at it, take it for what it's worth, you go, okay. Uh, but I don't think you, you dwell on it a whole lot because it's a half of a football game. And this team has done a nice job. They, they're putting themselves in position now. They're a 5-2 and two football team. Mm-hmm. They're not 2-5. and five. They're actually 5-2. and two. And... All the goals that we set out to achieve uh, when we came into summer, they're still there for us. Not yeah. But you got to win. Yep. Bottom line. And that's a great point because you are five and two, despite the fact that you know the penalty issues. You 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 made a great point at your press conference Monday. You're averaging ten penalties for just a little bit under a hundred yards a game. It's like before the game starts, said here guys to your opponent, here you got a free hundred yards. Do with it what you will. <laughs> And yet you still have managed to win five of seven games. If your team could just stop shooting themselves in the foot, how good could this team be? It'd be scary. Um, but I, like, I guess they liked it hard, the, the first seven games. I, I don't want it hard the next five <laughs> when it comes to the fouls. Just <laughs> relax. Let the, don't that, we don't want that to be a part of the process anymore. Let, let's get fewer gray hairs yeah. for all of us, shall exactly. we? Exactly. There were some bright spots in the uh, Utah game. One guy that's really emerging is your tight end, Curtis Hodges. Curtis had four catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Over the last two years, last season in this, he's a tight end. He's averaging 22 yards per reception. Talk about his evolution into not only a serviceable tight end, but doggone it, he's a big play target for him. He really is, and it's a credit to him. He's been in, in this program for a long time, and he's had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, and you could see the maturity coming. I think the offense has really helped him because the tight end is, is, is a big part of the offense, and he's starting to get some balls his way, and he's gaining more confidence as we play and uh, you know it's just good to see a guy that has been struggling got, kind of trying to find his way he came here as a receiver right then he moved we moved him to tight end and you know this and that and there was a lot of things uh, and, and he's found a way now to to play at a high level for us and we need him to play good speaking of curtis uh, i was watching i think it was the utah oregon state game last sunday or saturday and the announcers were made a point that I thought was really interesting. With the way that tight ends are deployed nowadays in such multi-dimensional ways, it's almost like the position title tight end has become outdated, that they should be called something else. Well, they're so athletic. Uh, I was fortunate in Kansas City we had a guy by the name of Tony. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. We saw him as a pretty good basketball yeah. player in the Pac-12 at California. He's really good tight end, you know, and, and, and I think in, in today's world with formations and and motions and, and ways to obviously to attack, especially in college football, to attack the inside of the numbers of the field because the field is so, is so wide in right. college. And when you have a tight end that can run seam routes and something over the middle, 
where you really get him matched up against linebackers, it's it, it's an advantage, and especially in the red zone. Yeah. Another player that I thought stood out at Utah has done a nice job for you is Kiwan Markham, the uh, backup to uh, Evan Fields at safety. Evan unable to start at Utah due to injury. Kiwan had seven tackles, including six solos, and, boy, made a spectacular interception late in the first half of that game. Yeah, and his, his, he has a twin brother, obviously, people know, and he's playing corner for us. Keon, so. who had an interception the week prior yeah. against Stanford. Yeah, and, and you know, and it's funny because they when when they play, it's, it's kind of interesting. When his brother's playing corner and he's the safety, you can almost tell they have this sense of when the ball is thrown over there, it seems like he's running faster over there to make sure he's protecting his brother. <laughs> That's <laughs> but great. They're, they're two big athletic guys, and, and it's good to see them um, – you know, play well for us because they've been in the program in two or three years now. Yes, and it's, it, they're starting to get some playing time and they're starting to gain some confidence. That's the benefit of uh, AP uh, getting those guys some uh, experience. And yep. what your program mantra has been for four years: if you if you can play, you're going to play. It doesn't matter what class you're. No, you're right. And we've played a lot of young players, and, and that's going to help us going forward because um, we're going to lose a lot of guys after the season. There's out there. I was looking at the list today. We're, talking about it. There's going to be about 29 guys that, wow. that are no longer in this program. They're going to be gone. Wow. And a lot of those guys are starters. So mm-hmm. it's good to have some young guys that you're feeding into the system with playing time so when next year hits they have some experience. And that secondary is, uh, it's it's quite, you're, you're stocked with veteran talent, but yep. you do have some talented kids in the, waiting in the wings, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we do. We have some young ones, some young corners, and we've got a couple safeties as well. Like I say, the Markham the guys are doing well. and mm-hmm. Got another kid um, that we think is going to be a good safety, uh, Regan, Robert Regan. You know, he right. came in as a corner, but we're going to move him to safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very talented player, too. He's been hurt, hurt, hurt an ankle, but hopefully we can get some playing time with him later kid, on. Kid season. like Mason Williams, he's made some plays for you yeah, this year. Yeah, playing inside in the, at the nickel position. So um, Ed Woods, yeah, T. Lee, there's yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah, you got some, yeah, you got some talented kids there. We really do. Game day like it's the only day with an ice cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Plenty more coming at you on tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Arizona State's first-year offensive line coach Mike Cavanaugh will drop by for a visit a bit later on. But up next, we'll meet two of Coach Cavs' protégés in the Sun Devil offensive line as tackle Ben Scott and guard Henry Haddis will join us. But first, let's take a timeout here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Sun Devil fans, have you heard about Return to Chill? This is your chance to instantly receive two Sun Devil football tickets to an upcoming game and to be included in a grand prize drawing for a VIP experience at the ASU U of A game Saturday, November 27th. Stop by any Circle K to pick up a 12-pack or larger of Coors Light or from the Blue Moon family and get all the details. Forks up. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, your host, and uh, we're inviting you, if you're in the area, to stop on by and join us. We're at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at First and Farmer in Tempe. Time now to meet tonight's player guests, two of the starters in Arizona State's highly proficient and efficient offensive line, a line that has helped pave the way for a running game that's averaging over 200 rushing yards per contest while at the same time doing a wonderful job protecting quarterback Jaden Daniels as the Sun Devil O-line has allowed the fewest quarterback pressures of any unit in the Pac-12 this year. Our first guest uh, spent three seasons at Stanford University 
before transferring to ASU for the 2020 season. He's been the starting right guard for every one of the Sun Devils' 11 games over the last two seasons. He was the number one ranked recruit in the state of New Mexico in the class of 2016. He comes from Rio Rancho, New Mexico, and we welcome guard Henry Haddis to the show. How you doing, Henry? I'm doing great. I'm uh, really happy to be here. Well, we appreciate you coming on, my friend. Thanks for joining us. And also with us tonight, a young man who's in his third season at Arizona State, his second year as the Devils' starting right tackle. In high school, he played on three consecutive state championship teams at one of the nation's top powerhouse football programs, St. Louis High School in the beautiful city of Honolulu, Hawaii. A pleasure to res- uh, welcome to the show right tackle Ben Scott. How you doing, Ben? Good. How are you? Doing great. Ben's a good dude. He's got to get out of here early. He's picking his mom up at the airport. That's uh, she, you're, she raised you really well, didn't she? Yep, of course. Tell me what it's like. Uh, for those of us lucky enough to have spent any time in Hawaii, it's heaven on earth. What's it like growing up there? Must be something else, huh? I mean, you really take it for granted growing up there because, you know, like, I didn't really go to the beach much or anything like that. Really? But, like, yeah, because I, like, it was in my backyard pretty much the, <laughs> my whole life. So when I got here, now I'm, like, really missing it, you know. So different from here. It is a wonderful, wonderful place. Uh, Henry, your home state of New Mexico isn't too shabby either. Rio Rancho, that's what, between Albuquerque and Santa Fe? Or? Yeah, it's, a, it's closer to Santa Fe. I, it's kind of in the metro area um, of Albuquerque, so we would play most of our games against Albuquerque schools. There you go. What's your home state like? What do you like best about New Mexico? Um, I mean, it's a really outdoorsy state. There's not a lot of people there, um, but it's nice. You can still go to Albuquerque and, and get some city uh life going but mm-hmm. then i grew up in santa fe um that's where i was born actually yeah um capital and, city right yeah and there's a lot of like hiking and camping and a, a lot of things out there to do oh i've been there it's a beautiful beautiful place and a little bit of trivia about henry he is not the first member of the haddis family to play sports at arizona state tell us about that yeah, that's right my uh my sister kind of did the, the same thing i did kind of paved the way she grad transferred here as well um after going to texas she played basketball, Sarah, right? Yeah, she uh-huh. actually started playing volleyball there, won a national championship there her freshman year. Wow. Um, and then switched over to playing basketball where she finished up. That's incredible. And yeah. she played for Charlie Turner Thorne here on the 2016-2017 uh, Sun Devil team. Ben, start with you. Uh, give me your evaluation of how the O-line has performed through the first uh, seven games of the season. I mean, you know, I feel like we're doing pretty good. You know, our chemistry is there this year compared to last year, and I feel like our run game is stronger than it than it ever been, and I feel like it can only get better from here. Henry, uh, your what's your your take on the O lines play? The experience that you guys have, basically, you have five returning starters. Uh, that's got to be uh, such a huge advantage as you uh, geared up for this season. Oh, definitely. Um, I think being able to play last year, even though it was a shortened season. Um, gave us the opportunity to really come together during the offseason and build the chemistry that's so crucial to having a successful offensive line. Um, I mean, I know me and Ben on the right side uh, have come such a long way since last year, being able to pick up stunts and blitzes um, in in those regards. And it helps out having uh, such a good center with with Donovan West, who's able to make calls and adjustments that helps out. And Donovan, he was a guard, I think, last year and then moved to center. How how is he? He seems like a natural at center. He is. He's very good. And you you don't hear about him a lot, but that's the mark of a a good offensive lineman is if you don't hear about them because (laughs) you only really show up if you make mistakes. So. Um, I mean, Donovan's been doing great. It's a good transition to center. Um, 
let LD step in at left guard, and he's really shining this year. He's having a really good season, and, and Kellen's doing what he does, and he's a very solid left tackle. So uh, we have all the pieces for, to, to have the success that we want. That's for sure. Ben, uh, when you hear the stats, I think I may have mentioned a couple of them, but you, your, your team is averaging over 200 rushing yards a game, 37 rushing touchdowns in the last 10 games. That's the tops of any team in the nation in the last 10-game span. You allowed the fewest quarterback pressures in the Pac-12. What do those numbers tell you about your O-line? And you must take a lot of pride in those numbers as an offensive lineman. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, the O-linemen, we don't get a lot of praise. And, you know, like we just go out there and do our job every day. And, you know, seeing those those stats and those, like, those things, you know, it really gives us joy seeing those. What is it like for you, Ben, the feeling when you see Rashad or Chip Trainum or Daniel and God, one of those guys busting a big run downfield? Oh, that's huge. You know, the three-headed monster we always talk about, you know, they always give them praise, you know. They always give us uh, us, us our credit, you know. They, um, they're they always running the ball hard, but they're always running behind us, so, you know. As O-linemen, Henry, do you, got, you, got, you must take a lot of ownership in what the running backs do. It's almost like you guys should share the same position room on occasion. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're definitely tight with the running backs. Um, we kind of talk with them in the season, and we, we knew what we'd be able to do running the ball. Um so we're taking care of our part, knowing that they have the talent and the uh, the ability to make explosive plays, as we've seen. So um, we're just really humbled that we have the opportunity to block for such good guys like that. Yeah, Ben mentioned him, the three-headed monster, if you will. Henry, give me your uh, evaluation. There are different styles of runners, Rashad White, Chip Trainum, Daniel Ngata. How do you size them up individually? Um, I mean, that's, that's a tough question. They all are so... Uh, talented in, in, in different ways, like you said. Um, I think Rashad is, is very dangerous in the open field. Um, so for an offensive line perspective, it's, it's really critical that we're able to get up to the second level and, and make block and spring explosive plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Chip who can come in and get you that three, four yards that you need, um, who also has the ability to, to break big runs on the edge, as we've seen. Um, but I think the player I'm most impressed with uh, start going back to spring ball was Daniel Nagata. Um, who didn't get a lot of playing time last year. And I think he performed the best in spring ball um, out of all three of them um, and earned the, the opportunities, and he's taken the most of them. Um, I, I think against BYU was really his game where he, he showed up and, and showed what he's able to do and earned the mm-hmm. confidence from the, from the coaches as well as the offensive line to, to really play hard. Yeah, eight carries for 82 yards in the third quarter of that game for Daniel and God. It really gave you guys a, a big spark off the bench. And, we mentioned the running backs, Ben, but your quarterback can hoof it pretty well, uh, too. Talk about Jaden as a runner and just your take on him and how he's evolved as a offensive leader this year. Oh, yeah, I think Jaden's great. You know, he sits back there, and, and he reads the defenses very well. And w- when he sees that opening, he'll bolt off, and he'll get you, like, 20 yards on one scramble. It makes our job a lot easier blocking for him as a scrambler and making him uh, mobile on the field. Ben, you go up against your own defense in practice every day. How does that help you guys? Because your defense is pretty doggone good. Oh, yeah, our D-line especially is amazing. Our front seven, you know, our linebackers and D-line, they always give us trouble in practice, and it's good going against them because it makes our job in the game much easier. Henry, I've heard it said a lot of times you can tell the personality of a football team by its offensive line. What would what would the person in that if that theory is correct what would the personality of this arizona state team be based on your guy you guys in the o-line um well i mean i think i'd take that uh statement even farther as saying the offense and defensive linemen um i think the trenches are are where the game is won um 
one and lost is, is being able to take over a game physically um, and be able to run the plays that you want to run offensively. Defensive line, it's about shutting down the run game and, and giving the your defensive backs opportunities to make big plays, as, as we've seen with our defense. But um, as far as offensive line-wise, I think we understand the talent we have on offense from all skill positions, receivers, running back, and, and with Jaden. Right. Um, I think that really gets us excited to, to make the blocks that we that we do that spring those big plays. Now, Ben, of course, last year your position coach was Dave Christensen. Coach Christensen retired at the end of last season. Coach Cavanaugh comes in. How did the transition go for you guys, being a veteran unit like you were? Oh, yeah, it's great having Coach Cav around here. You know, it's really like when he first came in, it was like we didn't skip a beat. He wow. came in, we were drilling technique, drilling what we needed to do, and I feel like he made us all better as an O-line and better individually and you know, you can really see it on the field this year. We did a feature on Coach Cav for a pregame show earlier in the season, and uh, we'll have him on in a few minutes after you guys, Henry. But I know technique is one of his favorite words, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that's probably one of the words he says uh, the most since I've known him. Um, and I think that's what's been so critical in, in developing us as, as a unit um, is being able to, to really hone in and focus on the, the small details that, that make a good offensive line. Um, I mean, you're going to have players who make – big explosive blocks that, that spring explosive plays but mm-hmm. um kind of the art and being a good offensive lineman is, is being consistent and i think that's what we've really come the farthest from last year ben how do you view these last five games for the team uh, this is your home stretch you've got all your goals out in front of you still even despite that loss at utah two weeks ago yeah i feel like as a as a team we just gotta be ourselves out there just play our game and play to our best ability and don't hurt ourselves because you know we're we're our worst enemy at this point that's, I feel like the sky's the limit for us. That truer words are never spoken. Henry Washington State, what do you see of them defensively that uh, will pose challenges on Saturday? Um, I mean, well, they, they're not really a, a very big team, and they, they never have. That's not really their identity. Um, they like to create a lot of movement up front and, and try to get us to, to make mistakes and, and overcommit. Uh, so I think it's going to take a lot of discipline for us up front, um, not uh, overcommitting to, to certain blitzes and stunts and uh just communication i think that's one of the the most underrated qualities of an offensive line is being able to call out where we're going and what we need to get done ben what will be like playing a day game holy moly you get to play in sunlight on saturday it's going to be a weird uh, feeling isn't it oh yeah it's going to be different for sure we haven't had one of those in a while since the usc game if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. last year your your first uh your first game as a starter Henry, let me just ask you a quick question about your Stanford experience, not as an athlete, but as a student. Uh, I mean, it's such a great institution. What makes Stanford so uh, academically outstanding and challenging for a young person? Um, well, I wouldn't say that it, it's that much more challenging than, than anywhere else. Um, they definitely have some programs which are outstanding, like their business program is, is one of, number one in the world. Um, but I think that the opportunities and the people there are, are really special. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity to meet Condoleezza Rice while I was there. I think Obama gave a presentation in my, in my first year. Wow. Uh, so it's just the, the ability to meet people like that and, and learn from, from people with that experience. Well, you had the experience at Stanford, but doggone it, we're glad you're a Sun Devil. You and your sister both. Uh, oh, yeah. it, it had to have been a great experience for Sarah, wasn't it? Oh, she loved it here, and, and I'm seeing why. I, I, I love Arizona. I think the fans here have been very welcoming and warming. Um, 
And it's just a great state to live in. Well, we're glad you're here, Henry. And, Ben, uh, say hi to your mom when you pick her up. Huh? <laughs> you're a good son. You're a very good son. Well done. Thanks for joining us, guys, and good luck Saturday against Washington State. Thank you Appreciate it. Henry Haddis and Ben Scott, two of the Sun Devil offensive linemen, the O-line, a definite strength of this Arizona State football team in 2021. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Up next, you'll meet first-year ASU offensive line coach Mike Cavanaugh. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Now, this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. The third quarter. The Lodge in Tempe has been the home once again this season of Arizona State football coach Herm Edwards' weekly radio show, All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. We continue now with tonight's show. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play broadcaster for Sun Devil Football and your host this evening, and we're glad you joined us. Just a quick update for you. They're early in the third quarter in Glendale, and the Cardinals have scored to cut the Packers' lead to three. It's now Green Bay 17, Arizona 14. Our guest in this segment is in his first season on the Arizona State coaching staff, but he is hardly a newcomer to college coaching. 35 years he's been in the business, spending most of that time coaching offensive linemen, as he's doing now at ASU. He spent the past three seasons at Syracuse University. Before that, he was at Nebraska, and he was also in the Pac-12 Conference for a decade as an assistant on Mike Riley's good Oregon State teams from 2005 to 2014. But he's a Sun Devil now, and we're glad to have him at Arizona State. We welcome Coach Mike Cavanaugh to the show. Coach Cav, great to have you on board. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. You Excited to, to be here. You had to be proud of your kids up here, Henry and Ben. And the last thing, you, you coach some pretty good dudes in that O-line, don't you? Great dudes. They are great kids. They work hard every day, and uh, they love the game, and that's been a fun deal to come here. Let's go back uh, to January when you took the job. What were some of the things that attracted you to come out here and join Herm Edwards' staff at Arizona State? Well, one is coach, obviously, and then, uh, you know, our staff is a great staff. Uh, it's incredibly incredible to be around coach and Coach Marv and Zach Hill and AP and you know, we got a really good offensive staff, and I enjoy going to work every day. And you asked about our D-line coach, and he's a hell of a f- football coach. Mm-hmm. And we get to work together every day, and he, he, he coaches his guys, and he loves his guys. You know, I had a tweet, that, I think it was yesterday, about him. But Yeah, I saw that. Um, we Robert work Rodriguez. great together. We talk to each other all the time. Yeah. But uh, we've got a great staff, and uh, that was one thing. And then, you know, great area obviously i always thought Arizona State was all mine coaching against them when i was at oregon state i was going to ask you when you when you were up with yeah. the beavers uh what was the perception from afar of asu that you had when you were in corvallis well i always thought you could attract great athletes here you know uh great school obviously uh great great area um but uh i always thought this would be a great spot and you could recruit kids here and and get top talent and they've always had talented guys Mm -hmm. now when you came here i would imagine i don't know if it was one of the attractions as well but you took over as we mentioned in the last segment a seasoned veteran group of offensive linemen absolutely um i really didn't know that coming in (laughs) to be honest with you but uh obviously when i got here it's a great group um one of the things i've tried to bring to the table is just 
continue to develop technique. And you and I have talked about that. That's my passion, teaching. You know, we have a different platform, but we are teachers, and that's my passion of teaching guys and really detailing technique. And, and uh, you know, to me, two things I'd like to bring to the table are toughness and technique. The two T's, and, boy, they go a long way for an O-line, don't they? Absolutely. That's what it's all about. For sure. Uh, the fact that they were such an experienced unit, did it make the transition to you, you know, with you taking over the room easier, or was it more challenging? Did you sense that they were set in their ways in any way, or because they're veterans, they know how to accept good coaching? No, I, I you know, I obviously have done this for a while, and it takes time. I, I knew I had to gain their trust, and uh, but it was an easy transition. You know, I think they've bought in right away. Um, so it's been a fun, fun deal for me. How would you describe your coaching style? <laughs> well, I used to be a lot gruffer, but uh, times have changed, obviously. So some things I used to do, I can't do anymore. But, you know, like I told you, I, I mean, I'm passionate about teaching and coaching and, and developing technique. And, you know, I probably sound redundant, but that's what no. it's all about. You know what I mean? So, you know, every block is a foot pattern and a target and you know, that's my what I love to do. And I remember you told me earlier in the season when we did a little feature for you on our, our radio pregame show, I think you said you coach them hard, but you love them hard. Too. Love them hard. We had the guys over uh, Wednesday night, and uh, they got to experience my teriyaki chicken. I think they all Ooh. liked that a lot. So. White, white meat? <laughs> white meat? Yeah. Well, it's thighs. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about We'll talk yeah. more about that. We can figure something out. But how would you assess how your offensive line has played overall, Coach Cab, through the first seven games? You know what? I'm proud of how hard they've played. You know, every game they've played hard, and, and uh, you know, that's all you could ask for. And, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think, obviously, you see some of the things that we're doing with the run game and pass pro. and uh, So, obviously, I'm proud of them, and uh, they go to work every day. And so it's been a fun What's it like for you as a – I asked Ben and Henry what it's like for them as players, but for you as the O-line coach, you see Rashad White breaking a 20, 30-yard run or Chip training bowling someone over or <laughs> Daniel Ngata doing what he did He's in the third quarter at BYU. Yep. What's it like? No, it's fun. You know, Sean Aguano is a great football coach, and uh, he's a great human being. I've known him a long time. I recruited here for 10 years. Uh, so I've known Sean uh, way back when, you know, I started coming down here. And I obviously, you know, my ties in Hawaii, I coached here for 10 years That's too. Right. And so uh known him a long time. But he does a great job, and we got a great room right there with our running backs. Your offensive line, I mentioned it to Henry and Ben, how an O-line can be the tone setter, I think, in terms of of a team's mentality. How do you feel about your group and the tone they set for your football team? Well, I think they do a great job. And, you know, I I think both sides of our line do a great job. Um, They set the tone. They go to work, and they get after it every day when we're going one-on-ones or two-on-twos and – but that's where it starts. You know, we we want to be a real physical football team. And uh, I think Hank's got the hat on right there. <laughs> Run the damn ball. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, I just noticed that. That's awesome. <laughs> I think, I don't know if LD might have had something to do with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, with, besides Henry and Ben who are on the show, let's talk about your other starters. Uh, uh, Donovan West has just been a stud since he's been here. Two-time yep. All-Pac-12. Moved to center this year and seems like a natural in that right. position. 
Well, when we got when I got here, I talked with Coach, and you know we, we thought that would be a really good move for him. Uh, he's a smart guy. He likes to direct things. Um, he's a really good athlete. You know, uh, I think he got a lot bigger from last year, stronger. Um, so he's been a fun guy to coach. He, Donovan, and Ladarius Henderson both uh, started as true freshmen here two years ago. I remember Coach Christensen told me once that uh, that year that in his entire career he'd only started one true freshman offensive mm-hmm. lineman, and he had to start two that year. But, boy, Ladarius seems to me like he's come a long way in two years. He has. He's, he's a great human being, and he's doing a fantastic job uh, playing physical uh, I still could recall that trap block against UCLA and knocked, knocked the stuffing out of the guy. Yeah. But uh, he's playing physical. He's playing really good football. And you got a real good one uh, in the transfer from Texas A&M, Kellen Deesh, uh, at that all-important left tackle spot. And we've seen numbers. Uh, there's a service called Pro Football Focus that puts out so many detailed statistics. And the thing I like is that they're starting to have numbers that quantify the work offensive linemen do. Right. And Kellen has been one of the highest-rated offensive players, not only linemen, players in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, he's, he's a tremendous athlete. You know, I think when we talked the last time, you know, I'm just trying to help detail technique, being disciplined with his pass sets and his feet. Mm-hmm. He's such a good athlete. He floats at times, and he could get away with it, you know. And then the other thing I'm trying to do is really work his hands. You know, so we do a special drill every day, heavy outside hand. Ben does it too, but wow, <laughs> I'm trying to get Kellen to work that left hand, and if he starts doing it. All, all the little tricks of the trade yeah. that an O-lineman can pick up, that is, that's awesome stuff. Uh, what, what do you feel will be some of the biggest challenges that the Washington State offense will, or defense will pose for your team on Saturday? Well, you know, uh, Hank said it earlier, they like to move. So, you know, a big thing for us, I'm always about this. It's not what they do, it's what we do. So if we take care of our business, things will be fine. How do you sense the team as a whole is positioned maybe mentally to attack this final five-game sequence with so many of the team's uh, aspirations and goals still out there in front of them. Well, obviously, I think they had a great summer, and Coach Connolly is a big part of that and his staff. Um, so I know they went to work every day, and they worked their tails off. And uh, I know the vision that these guys all have, and they're excited about the next five. But we can't really think about that. We've got to think about this game. Yep. That's it. One at a time. One and all at the end of this week. Well, tomorrow uh, Arizona State's going to honor its uh, 1996 Rose Bowl team on the 25th anniversary of their Pac-10 championship, and I'll have the privilege of emceeing that luncheon tomorrow. But the late coach Bruce Snyder, that was his mantra at Arizona State, one at a time. And, I mean, he took it to the max. And really you can apply that in almost any any phase of life, can't you? Absolutely, no doubt. Coach talked about it, and he does it every day. So... One and all, that's all we got to do. It can be expressed in many ways, but that is the basic point. Uh, your unit, as well as the defensive backfield, two of the more talented and veteran units on the team. How, tell us about the young guys you have in the wings. How do you feel about the young talent you have in your O-line group? Well, we got two freshmen, Asaya uh, Glass and uh, Sione Boycoso, and uh, I'm excited about their future. You know, they're, they're going to be good players. They're getting a lot of reps with the older guys right now. 
Um, obviously, they're still in that development stage, but right. you've seen Isaiah uh, on on on, uh, on the field, you mm-hmm. know. So, uh, but I'm excited about those two guys. Uh, we got a young young uh, center, Ezra, who's going to be a good player. He, you know, he's he's another guy that's developing. We got another guy, the guy out of New York, uh, Armand Lathay, has a chance to be a good football player too. So, obviously, with those guys being young, it's just about the process and developing. Well, you know one thing. They're going to get doggone good coaching here at Arizona State from uh, one of the best. Coach Cav, it's great to have you here. And we thank, thank you. Thanks for coming on the Appreciate show, my it, friend. Tim. Thank good you very you. much. Sun Devil Offensive Line Coach Mike Cavanaugh, our guest on this segment of All Aboard with Herm Edwards. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And don't forget, 21 still means 21. Coach Edwards will rejoin me in a moment as we look ahead to the Sun Devils' homecoming game against the Washington State Cougars. But first, these messages here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. We thank you for joining us for tonight's show. And don't forget, fans, game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU that is made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Herm Edwards rejoining us now. Coach, you got your good, you got yourself a good one in the offensive line coaching uh, with your Coach Cav, huh? Yeah, he's an old-school football coach now. It didn't take long after, um, you know, Dave decided to retire. And um, I heard a lot about Coach Cavanaugh. And, you know, obviously in the coaching world, you – you know, you hear names and you, you call some people up and, I mean, talking to him, you know, it was like I told Zach, I said, he's our guy if he wants the job. So he came out and said, Coach, is your job turned down? And uh, he's done a remarkable job. He really has um, uh, with with our guys. And, uh, you know, he, he's a fundamental guy. Uh, and, and he said, he said, you know, as he's, as he's matured as a coach, which we all do, mm-hmm. um, the volume is, is lowered a little bit more, you know, when you when you mature. But I like the volume when it gets after them. Yeah. You know? Wherever I've been in, in pro football, those offensive line coaches always set the tone. You know, I was I was oh, smart enough when I was uh, in Kansas City when when I be, was a scout, learned how to scout. Well, the, the room that I sat in was Howard Budd's room. He was an offensive line coach because mm-hmm. I wanted to learn offensive line play. I wanted to know if I'm going to go out and, and, and scout guys in college, I wanted to know, you know, what did the offensive lineman need to do to be a good professional football player? And so I, I would sit in his rooms in his meetings and training camp, and I learned offensive line play from Howard Mudd, who was it's kind of eerie because Howard Mudd played for the 49ers. Right. He's passed away now, but played yeah. for the 49ers. He was a GA when I was at Cal Berkeley as a freshman. Him and Paul Hackett were the GAs. Wow. And that's when I met Howard Mudd uh-huh. and became friends ever since and then obviously worked together and, and all that. But oh. that's the room I sat in um, all summer uh, was the offensive line room. Yeah, he was a good offensive lineman, oh, but he man. was a great offensive line coach. Yes, he was. Uh, yeah. All three yes, years in the NFL. Yes, he was. Washington State, uh, their offense, it's interesting. They uh, used to be a uh, air raid offense under Mike Leach. Uh, when Nick Rolovich came from Hawaii, brought the run and shoot. Uh, they may not throw it as much as they did under Coach Leach, but they can still throw the ball. They have three of the top ten pass catchers in the Pac-12 this year. Yes, and uh, a very talented quarterback. Um, actually, Ben played with him in high school. Right. Oh, Jaden yeah. Delari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to Ben's high school. So um, they throw it around. Uh, they have two really good running backs that are that are 
really hard to tackle. They have good contact balance. They've had some talented wide receivers, um, and they throw it. But, they, you know, they run some, but, but they throw it around. I mean, they're going to get about 70 plays a game. I remember when, when we played them two years ago, I didn't realize I looked at the stat sheet. They had like 80-something plays. That was a shootout. Oh, boy. That was a great game. Jaden oh, uh, made that yeah. great run. Yeah, uh, yeah. He kind of helicoptered into the yeah. end zone yeah. to uh, win the game for you in the closing seconds. What a great football game that was. But I wanted to ask you about their running back, a kid named Max Borgie. He's, yes. he's a unique talent. The only player in college football this year who was on the preseason watch list for the Doak Walker Award that goes to the best running back and for the Boletnikoff Award that goes to the best pass catcher. That's well, how versatile he is. He really is, and, and he's in the passing game. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they play with four wide receivers. Uh, every once in a while they'll take him out and go five wide receivers, but he's a big part of the passing game. He's a big part of their protection, too, when people are bringing pressure. You know, So he does a nice job catching the ball, and he's a good runner. How do you like your matchup of your secondary against uh, their passing game? Well, that, that's going to be the test, right? I mean, we, we have uh, a bunch of corners and safeties we feel can cover. Um, the, the key is this, is, is um, you're going to give up some plays. you got to tackle them. you got to be able to tackle in space when you play a team like this because they use every blade of grass in their offense as far as throwing the ball. And uh, they put you in position where you have to tackle in space. You're going to have to play the football field. Um, around 85% of their throws are inside the numbers. That's where they attack you. They attack inside the numbers. You get a lot of one-on-one matchups. And if you miss a tackle, it, it's not a five- or six-yard game. It could be a 20-yard game. So um, we have to be very uh, aware of that. And, and it's all based on this. Um, as good as your secondary may be, if you don't have a pass rush, it's very mm-hmm. difficult. Got to get you. Got to get that quarterback kind of off his schedule, yeah, don't you? You got to get him off schedule. And he does a nice job of, of creating some things off schedule. But I think the key is – not allowing a quarterback to step up in the pocket. You know, that, that's the key to football for me. When you let a quarterback step up in the pocket and buy time, you've got problems. Don't forget to set your alarm. You've got to get up earlier now this Saturday. Seven consecutive games starting after 7 p.m. An Arizona State record, by the way. We got a 12-20 kickoff, Coach, on a bright, sunny Saturday here coming up. I, I thought they were kidding when they told me that. I said, no, we don't have that. They said, no, we really do, Coach. You're going to play in the daytime? I said, well, daytime, really? You're allowed to play in the daytime? Yeah, and I, and I told the players today, I said, look, I said, you better go to bed now. I said, because tomorrow, you know, we're going to get up and get over there around 10. And I said, the time we leave and you get to the hotel, it's, you know, it's going to be 5 o'clock, and then we have some meetings. I said, you guys are going to catch the bus to come back over here at 9 in the morning, you know, from the hotel. So uh, that'll be fun, the playing in the daytime. I think the last time we played Washington State was actually in the day. It was. It was two years ago. Uh, uh, yeah, 2019. Yeah. I think it was a 12-30 kickoff that day, yeah. and uh, yeah. again, it was a splendid football game. But heck, you and I are old enough. We remember in the 70s, that's when college football was played, Saturday afternoon ritual. We played in the daytime. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember a Cal ever playing at night. When I was at Cal, I've never played. Now, San Diego State was different. San Diego State played at night. But Cal Berkeley, when I was there, we, we played during the day. Yeah, yeah, when I was a student at Penn State, it was uh, day games mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. It was just a Saturday ritual. But uh, we're going to look forward to it this Saturday. And what a big game it is for your team, huh? It really is. And, and I think going forward, they understand it. This is the most important game we play is this one this week. Go 1-0 and is all you can do. And the Sun Devil Radio Network will have you covered for the homecoming game Saturday, starting bright and early, 9.30 a.m. Sun Devil Tailgate Show, hosted by Jeff Munn and Jordan Simone. Jordan and Jeff Van Raphorst will then join me for the play-by-play starting at 12.20. And you can hear the game on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. 
Our thanks tonight to our radio engineer producer, Sean Crespin, for his great work. Thanks to Sean Mitchell, Gareth Kwok of the Sun Devil Radio Network, our in-studio coordinator, Jeff Darge, and from Sun Devil Football, Nate Wainwright, Kyle Gray, Mark Asseline, and Emeritus Tim Cassidy. And uh, thanks to our friends here at the Lodge. Good luck to you Saturday, Herm. Appreciate it. Now for Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy saying so long. We'll see you on Saturday, ASU and Washington State.